welcome to episode 91 of Penny Red. My name is Daniel Hodges. And I'm Sean Hayworth. And we're back. It's been three weeks, I think, since we did one uh, last, but never fear. I've got a got a guest lined up for uh, for next week. And I've actually got a couple of guests lined up for next week. Um, plus, hopefully, Sean's going to be more, uh, going to be more stationary rather hopefully. than his uh, transient lifestyle that you've been leading. <laughs> I, had, I had 14 jobs to do this past week. So what's the standard number of jobs for a week? Uh, eight. So you almost had double the amount of stuff. Mind you, that's um, it's uh, you said you were saying last time, well, last time we spoke, I'm not sure if it was on air, but that every job takes longer now as well. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit longer, uh, just because all the wells seem to be deeper these days. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you um, and Sean sent me a picture of his uh, of a glory hole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was out in the middle of a of a uh, it truck was a, stop. Well, no, it was a duck club. Uh, <laughs> a duck club, I yeah, say. Duck hunting club. Uh, a lot of the farmers out here when they're uh, when they're right. not growing rice in the paddies, right. will you know just flood them and let the waterfowl come in and then rent them out to hunters. Oh, I see. Uh, is there enough water for doing such a thing? But not really, but they do it anyway. <laughs> that's that's why I was out there inspecting their well to see if all they right. could get enough water to do <laughs> it next year. Well, that's because it's all over the ground, full that's, of duck shit. <laughs> that's right. So uh, yeah, that what I was taking, sending you a picture of was the well that I was at at nine thirty at night. Right. All right. I see. So not a truck stop glory hole then. Uh, no, not not this time. Uh, I'll, <laughs> next time, I'll definitely send you pictures of that. No, it's, it's all right. <laughs> all right. You can uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll just read about it in the letter section in uh, Penthouse or something like that instead. Oh, well, I knew somebody read those. <laughs> it's almost like fan fiction. That's right. Um, yeah. So um, speaking of uh, speaking of fiction, before we uh, before we crack on with the, with the meat of the uh, the episode, I suppose. Um, what do you think about uh, J.K. Rowling saying that uh, Harry Potter should have got together with Hermione? How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I, I don't. I don't necessarily agree. Uh, right. I, I kind of like. I didn't have a problem with the story as as it was. Like I can see uh, that. I can see why somebody would say that. Uh, uh, it would it would definitely have been like that. That's the obvious choice, right? Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether um, yeah, I haven't read a whole lot about it, but I wonder whether there are people jumping up and down saying, you know, like, why is it that the that the strong female character must be subsumed by the strongest male character? You know, that sort of thing. Like, why can't the the you know? Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any feelings to. I mean, there's no. It's. I mean, the whole thing about you know relationships and oh, I'm getting a bit deep here, but relationships and, and love and so forth, I guess, is that, uh, that it's not really a rational type of thing, right? Like it's a, I mean, you, there are plenty of brain studies about the chemicals and so on and so forth, but I guess ultimately it's a, a confluence of circumstances and, uh, and preparedness on behalf of both individuals where they are in their life at that moment, right? So I don't really yeah. know if you can sort of say, well, you know, X plus Y, you know, means that, you know, really Harry should have been with, with Hermione, but uh, but yeah. anyway, that's uh, oh, and I read one other interesting thing too. Um, I don't know if you read this one too, but um, some blew the top of some people's heads off. I was not 
I, I would, yeah. Um, anyway, so I read a, I read a, um, a hypothesis about the way the book should have ended, based upon the prophecy about um, about uh, Harry. No, neither can uh, die while the other one. No, neither can they. They both can't live. Basically, was what it, what it right. was. Right, one of them has um, to go. That, that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, but that it also could have been interpreted to mean that one of them would kill the other one, but then only one of them could die and only one of them could live. So if Voldemort dies and Harry lives, but Harry lives forever, he can't, he can't die. Um, and so consequently, even though he beats Voldemort, uh, his, uh, he actually is cursed to live forever because now he can never, never ever um, see his, uh, see his family in the afterlife. I mean, J.K. Rowling set up the fact that a half-life exists with the mirror of error said, right? Like you see right. what you desire and stuff when people die. Um, like you can, you can see them in the, see them in the mirror. So by Harry not being able to die, like he's, he pays the ultimate price for, uh, for, um, well, at least as far as he's concerned for, for killing Voldemort. So thoughts, Sean. Um, that, I, that, that seems like it may have not been the original intention <laughs> to me. Like, <laughs> like, like that seems like a really weird, like, it's probably logically correct if you if yeah. you like really really want to read into it, but I don't think that was that was the intent of it. I no, think the no. intent was something much more simple, like what if it has to go? This town yeah. ain't big enough <laughs> right. for the two of us. That's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or three that, if you count Neville. That that's right. No. Well, exactly, yeah. Like I mean, there's plenty of contingencies in place, weren't there? But um, right. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, if I, was wrong, I don't think I would have said that Harry should have been with. Hermione. I mean, she's like, oh, I guess you can say what she likes now. It's, nobody's going to like, like, like empty your bank account on the basis that they didn't like her, her revisionist ideas. But um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I've only got one. I've only got one conspiracy theory for Harry Potter, and that is that I believe that uh, Hermione is related to Professor McGonagall, although she doesn't know it. Uh, I think that would be awesome. Well, there you go. So there you go. Anybody, any, yeah. any what are they called? What are, what are people that like Harry Potter called? Are they Potterites or, or, or Potter? I, I don't know. Are they? Do they? Do they have a name? I guess like uh, like Firefly fans or Browncoats and. Right, right. And, I'm assuming uh, that they do, but I don't know what it is. Furry fans are terrible people. <laughs> uh, Not as catchy, but sure. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm I, don't, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand furries. Like, I mean, is, is furry <laughs> like? Is it? Is it? Uh, is there like a lot of crossover between? Uh, furries and plushes like is that is, is, do they I, I don't know like I know I, I don't I don't understand furrydom at mm. all no. uh, and I and I know that like not everything is is like we always make fun of furries for being like creepy sexual right. deviants and I know that that's probably not true <laughs> I, I think you probably not perpetuate that like not every furry is is weird but no uh, I guess whatever floats everybody's boat but yeah furries are weird <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first Sean declares furries be weird I don't really have a problem right. with furries but I don't really understand I don't understand uh, what the what the the, the thing is um, yeah, yeah I don't, involved I don't wearing a fox's tail or something I don't know Anyway, I don't know. If anybody wants to write to me, um, you can certainly fill me in on what furries are uh, furries are all about. Right. But, um, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go back to my normal hobbies, like pretending I'm an elf. <laughs> That's right. Who doesn't want to pretend to be an elf? <laughs> um, so anyway, so let's get on to the uh, the the big news of the day, I suppose, or the big well, the the main 
uh, thrust of them. I've mentioned it before lots of times, and it's time to uh, put everybody out of there. Probably there's actually probably nobody to put out of the misery. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so um, yeah, so I've got a new game. Um, mostly, mostly finished. It's done closed play testing, and now it's going to go for open play testing to see if um, to try and generate a little bit of interest, and also to see if there are any bits that the first play testers just happen to think like me on, but uh, we're all woefully off base, which seems unlikely, but but possible. Right. Um, and it's sort of a it's a pair of games, I suppose. Um, Nimbus and uh, and uh, Das Sonnenrad, which if anybody knows the journal notes, the the Sunwheel, but uh, is named after Rudolf Hess's um, sort of paranormal program that he wanted to to start right before he went crazy and decided to drive his Messerschmitt to Scotland and talk to somebody about this whole war business. Do, do, do you know all about that, Sean? I, I, I don't. Uh, I, 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 am, I don't know what he was hoping to achieve. Anyway, he flew his airplane to Scotland, crashed it, and uh, got put in jail for the rest of the war. But Rudolf, Rudolf Hess. Um, anyway, so here's the, the Sonnenrad program. The Sonnenrad program is uh, it's the sun wheel, but I guess it's just a, a logo or a symbol or whatever it was that they had for it. And, and Hitler didn't go for it. But, um, but I was talking with... Um, with uh, uh, Jason Morningstar um, a couple of years ago, um, and it was right around the time of um, the um, Game Chef, maybe or something like that. Okay. Um, and I was—I forget exactly how it came up, but um, anyway, we—I uh, threw four things at him uh, from a like you know how you have those sort of like aggregators of of Twitter words or something like that, or news words or something, and the bigger they are, the more people are talking about them or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, like a tagline right. or something like that. Right, yeah, sure. And, and I, um, so I threw four words at him, and he threw four words at me, and um, randomly from that, and uh, from those four words, I had um, sort of an idea which morphed over time to become to become Darth Sonnenrad. So I've been at it now. Well, I was actually at it before um, before Faith came out. Um, and I was like, I don't really know exactly what to uh, where to go from this, so I'm going to just put it on the back burner. And um, and right at that moment, I sort of rediscovered a, a, a the game Faith, which I'd worked on about 20 years ago, and uh, mostly probably due to the work I'd done on on Sonnenrad slash Nimbus, I um, I put that together um, and polished that back up and 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 released it. And just in the last little bit. I've been working on getting things just right for for Nimbus and, and Dust on Red, and like I said, I've had some I've had preliminary play testing done over the last year or so, and it's definitely in a form that it's usable for the uh, for the for the open play test. So so there you go. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you want to um, if you want to get in on the open play test, then you can go to uh, hazardgaming.com/slash hazard3.html. Eventually, I'll put up a link on the on the front page there, but basically only Penny Red listeners will know that link at the moment. It may show up on G+, at, at some point, but um, I can only deal with so much feedback at a time, being just one person. So um, so anyway, yeah, so if you're interested in getting into it, you can just write to me, Daniel, at hazardgaming.com, or you can go to the website and take a look at it first and, um, and see if it's something you might be interested in in doing so, I welcome anyone and everyone uh, to join the playtest. Um, I don't promise to um, do anything with any suggestions you have, um, 
but but there you go. You can uh, you can get it on the on the uh, get on on the ground floor. So it's like a public beta. That's that's something like that, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't. Know. I don't really know the term. I just see people talking about like Vincent Baker and um, people on G Plus talk about playtesting um, type stuff, and I, I read it, but I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't. I haven't done as much research on what playtesting should be, but um, but so far that hasn't hurt me too badly in terms of uh, in terms of my game. So. So I guess whatever I'm doing works at least for some people. So yeah. Anyway. Well, I was I was gonna say I'm sure that there's no like really wrong way to play test. Uh, well, I no. guess I guess the wrong way would be testing it, and then anybody who said this doesn't work, you know, yelling at them and telling them <laughs> that's that right. You're, you're wrong. wrong and you're that's, stupid. And you that's mother- right. You don't understand what I was doing. Clearly, you're too dumb for this game. <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, prob- the problem resides solely with you. Yeah. So um. So anyway, so the first thing on the page there, um. Is uh, because some of the playtesting stuff that I, some of the playtesting groups have had have um, have said you know like I don't really want to play I don't really want to play Nazis and uh, and it's a fair it's a fair comment I don't expect everybody to 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 necessarily want to do that but the most important thing that I want to do um, uh, during this podcast but also I've got it on Front Street on that website is that it's not really about playing a Nazi you know there's no no right-minded person could should brook any kind of uh, argument for any of the horrible things that the uh, that the Nazis did, um, and some of the Nazis, the, some of the things that are still done in the name of, of Nazism and, and Adolf Hitler today. So I want to put that out there straight away. It's not about that at all. It's not about revisionist history or anything like that. In fact, um, the game is primarily about um, sacrifice um, and what people are prepared to sacrifice. You know, for the for the greater good. Now, if you if you play the the, the Nimbus um, the Nimbus version of the game, then then you're playing um, uh, Allied or, or British, if you like, um, troops who uh, Winston Churchill has a very special job for, um, which you sort of discover during play. Um, and the, the decisions you're going to have to make are um, are ones, I guess, that. Uh, real soldiers make, or, or real people that that fought during during wars, or in fact people like policemen and and uh, firemen, and and even just sort of innocent bystanders that found, find themselves thrust into a situation where they've got to put their welfare on the line for the the good of somebody else. And uh, there's a tremendous, well, at least to me anyway, you know, there's a there's a great deal of um, heroism that goes along with it. I'd like to think that in that situation, I do something similar, but, you know, until you're actually in that situation, it's, it's, it's hard to know, but, um, I've, I've spoken about it before. Uh, and it's one of the sort of the things that I, I think about quite a lot, which is that uh, my, uh, both my grandfathers fought in the second world war. Um, and fortunately both of them, um, both of them survived my, my, my father's father, my, my grandfather on his side, um, was shot. Um, during the war, and but but he survived. It was a, um, I mean, I guess as minor as a as a, a bullet through the shoulder can be. Um, he uh, it, it, that that was the injury that he sustained. It wasn't enough for him to leave the war, but he was obviously he was hospitalised and, and and so on and so forth. But um, his brother, my great uncle um, Lionel Gaskell, um, was his name. Log. He was he was known by. Um, he worked in. Uh, he worked at Bletchley Park with Alan Turing on the um, 
on oh, the Enigma, right. on cracking the codes with, with Enigma. Um, and he was a, a linguist, I, I think. A lot of the stuff that he did there was, is still to this day sort of shrouded in, in mystery and probably will never will never come out. But anyway, he worked on that. Um, obviously, trying to crack Enigma, they um, you know they put in a lot of long hours and stuff, and eventually um, it got the better of him, um, got the better of him mentally. And uh, back in those days, if if you broke down uh, mentally, um, they used to do things like give you a lobotomy, which is what uh, which is what happened to which is what happened to him. Um, and so even though uh, he obviously didn't die um, during the Second World War, he basically gave the best of himself um, for the war effort, for the greater good of of people in England and people out basically people all over the world, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, and for his uh, and and because of because of that lobotomy that he received, um, you know, like he he was no longer the same, no longer the same person. And and uh, delightful children in the street used to try and push him over because he didn't have very good balance and spit on him and, and stuff like that, which was a grand uh, thank you for uh, for somebody who who served and basically gave everything for uh, for the, for the war effort. So. Um, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be accurate to say that I made the game for him and other people that made that sacrifice. Um, but that was certainly um, one of the main things that uh, drove the the creation of this game is is having that having to put yourself in that sort of situation and, and think about what you would what you would give for the for the greater good. And it's certainly a lot easier to uh, to put yourself in that mindset if you're playing um, on the Nimbus side. But but. And thinking about that, I, had, I also thought about um, what it might be like to what it, what it might have been like to be a German during the Second World War. Now, I think it would be, be um, naive and simplistic to assume that every German was in favour of, of Adolf Hitler, um, or indeed was was supportive of, of the various nasty things that, uh, and that's rather mild way to, to suggest that um, I would put, to put the horrible things that that he did. Um, but I think probably at that time there also there was also a certain amount of anger and and a sense of a feeling of, of wanting revenge against uh, what had happened to Germany subsequent to uh, World War One. Now that's no kind of excuse for it, but um, but I got to thinking, you know, what would it be like if you were a, a German called upon um, to serve uh, by by Adolf Adolf Hitler? Um, and, and the conceit of this game here is that something has happened. Uh, somewhere in the world, and you need to go and investigate it and bring back assets um, that will ensure that um, that Adolf Hitler can can regain power and and turn the tide of the Second World War. So, if you play on the uh, play Das Sonnenrad, um, it's it's at a time when you um, when everybody knows about what's been going on. So, you've got a much more difficult game to play because by being successful. If you then go ahead and turn this technology over to, uh, or whatever it might happen to be in your game, because it's not it's not set, it's sort of like you, you play to find out. Um, if you turn this over to Adolf Hitler, then you're you're you know tacitly endorsing whatever he might do with this um, with this technology. However, if you go ahead and turn this technology over to um, the Allies, um, then in all likelihood, um, everyone that you uh, love will be killed by the the Soviets who are, are pushing into Germany from from the east. So, in many respects, playing on the Das Sonnenrad uh, side um, is 
is in every respect is much more challenging when you know, no matter what you do, um, somebody's going to pay. So you know the, the tagline for the game is you know what would you give uh, for their what would you give for their freedom, um, and uh, yeah, that's so that's sort of what the game's all about. It's all about uh, it's all about sacrifice and um, yeah. So so if you decide to play, then you maybe want to start out with Nimbus and then sort of try and imagine what it might be like to be somebody on the, on the German side who uh, does not in any way agree with Adolf Hitler or uh, any of his or any of his policies, but are facing the almost certain destruction of your family, your home, and everything you love by the Russians who are uh, who are moving rapidly through the uh, through the east of Germany, um, committing atrocities of I mean well documented atrocities. Some of them blown up, I guess, by by German propaganda, but um, well documented atrocities in the in the east of uh, in the east of Germany. So. You're between yeah, a rock was, and a hard place, Sean, is what I'm trying to say. I was I was gonna say I don't think I don't think anybody could rightly accuse Joseph Stalin and his regime <laughs> of being significantly better than Adolf Hitler. No, that's that's regime. right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly. just that we sided with one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At least exactly. for a while. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I uh, I I find I find the idea of of playing on uh on the german side of that way more way more difficult and way more interesting mm, uh, mm. you know yeah. just uh, from a historical point of view i mean you're absolutely right you know you you think about it most uh you know most german soldiers in world war ii were probably you know young men from you know mm. various places in in germany mm. you know not thinking about you know dealing with the Jewish problem. That's uh, right. That's right yeah. They were they were fighting for you know Germany who who got royally hosed after World War One. Like yeah. uh, <clears throat> most most of those people were just were just people you know in in roughly the same position as as any American or or, or British mm. or French soldier on uh, right. You know, because you're not talking about the higher, you know, the higher ups in the in the Nazi sure. party that were actually yeah, making those. I mean, those this is just, it's just risk for the mill, right? Like that's the yeah. majority of people fighting on either side in the in in any kind of war. Um, it's uh, you know, like somebody's trying to kill me, so I'm going to try and I'm going to try and kill them and, and make sure I've got enough food to eat. And I don't want to die of cold, you know. Like it's it becomes that those sort of things, I guess, become become abstractions. I'm not. And 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 thinking about and again thinking about that, like I just nowadays it seems that people for the most part are in favour of soldiers, but against um, against the regimes that are sending them to war. But yeah, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been like to be um, soldiers that had to fight in Vietnam, like. Right. First yeah. Of all, actually, I was going to say, right. Conscripted, like the like government conscript conscripted, like you must go to war or go to yeah. jail, and then yeah. to be, and then to receive that kind of to receive that kind of treatment on returning home, it must. I mean, it's. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say my 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 father was a was an NBC guard uh, in the Marines right. Uh, right. when they evacuated Saigon. So, right. uh, 
<clears throat> yeah, it, like no, I I I totally get that, and and those things are, I think, important uh, and valuable to to explore and to set. Mm. You know, you know, it, it's put it, making that the premise of the game is a good way of exploring that without dealing, you know, w- without having to, to to immerse people in the the truly problematic mm. issues of right. You know, you know, you're you're you look at Dustan and Rod, and you're not playing, you know, Himmler and Goebbels. You're playing just some dudes that got assigned to yeah, do right. a thing for right, yeah. for their commander. It's like the yeah. president calls you up and yeah. you know tells you to go up, blow up some brown people in in you know in the Middle East. Like it's yeah. not, you know, you can only you can only think about the ramifications of those after. That's right. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. The game is not about is not about revisionist revisionist history. It's and it's about you know like, are you actually prepared to sacrifice your are you actually prepared to sacrifice your your family for um for the families of people that you you don't even know by not turning this over to Hitler or making sure that Hitler doesn't get his hands on it. You know like that's that's the the tough decision that that you have to make. Now I mean that's not to say that you can't play. A bad guy within the bad guys, so to speak, and like to be a foil to some of the other characters. I mean, that's all. That's all part of it. But I'd like to think that nobody would. I'd like to think that nobody would look at it as an opportunity to, to uh, find a way to perpetuate even in fiction that. Yeah, to revel in bigotry. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't control what people are going to do with your games, I suppose. But, but yeah. that's certainly uh, that is certainly not the not the intent of the game at all. In fact, that defeats the whole that defeats the whole the purpose. It's not about the glory of war. It's about the about the um, about what it must take to 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 put yourself in a situation where you might have to make make some of those sacrifices and maybe in a way develop some some empathy. It seems to me that a lot of the um, a lot of uh, people don't. I mean, and and that's a strange thing. Like, like uh, the fact that people have lost, not quite lost sight, I suppose, but have have um, don't appreciate in the same way. You know what what it means to to hear the last stand or hear the national anthem. So like that. it's kind of like now I've got to stand up for two minutes before a before a hockey game or a sports game or whatever whatever it might happen to uh, to be. Um, and I just, whenever the anthem, whenever the anthem plays for for whatever, I just sort of think, you know, like you're only hearing this particular anthem because so many people gave it their lives for for it for the identity which which you have, right? Now, right. And uh, yeah, so so yeah, I mean, but I guess in a way, I mean, the soldiers are fighting so that somebody else doesn't have to fight too, right? So yeah, is that is that creating that distance? between suffering and people on the street, you know, is that part of, is that, you know, like something good? Like, is it good to, that people don't know? It's yeah. I don't have any answers, Sean. What I'm saying is, uh, this is, this is too big a problem for me. I've done my little, I've done my little piece as, as best I can to, uh, to try and maybe draw some attention to, uh, to what people actually have to go through. But, um, but yeah, so, so that's it. So anyway, so yeah, uh, the game is, uh, you play to find out really what happens. You get sort of called into a, to a to a situation, and you go ahead and you um, you've got to kind of investigate what's going on, and and the particular thing, I don't know if you were able to grasp this from the from the rough version of the the playtest document that you receive. It's it's all fixed up now, but um, but yeah, what it, uh, I was talking with, um, and I've said this before, um, but if you're listening for the first time, I was talking with uh, Daniel Solis, 
uh, which episode I can't remember. The, the the ship of confused giraffes is the name of his uh, is the name of his episode. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about um, artifacts of play, and that's one of the that's a second big design um, aspect of this uh, of this game is that is that by the end of it. Um, as you go through the various scenes, you know, you're, you're, it's, you, I say, you know, like write down this and draw this and and write these things down, so that by the time you get to the end of the game, you've kind of, you've kind of in a way captured what it was that uh, that that happened during the game, and and uh, and the only rule that there is on penny red is that you can't talk about your characters, um, <laughs> and, uh, right. and and yeah, so same, but but all, but likewise, it's it's often hard to, um, it's often hard to really convey what happened in any in any uh, game so my, my hope is that by the time um you've you've finished one of these games you've kind of got a mind map almost of what it was that happened during the game with with some detail and so like you can take a photograph with your with your cell phone or, or whatever it might happen to be and you can sort of look back over it and and uh and sort of remember what happened during the game pretty easily but also you know to perhaps share it with other people like i'm, I'm hoping that if if I get enough, uh, like I've got a few um, playtest documents around the place, the pictures of the the maps that people made um, during the game, you can sort of post them up, and it'll serve as a shorthand for people that that maybe that are more familiar with the uh, the game to to see what to see what happened. Yeah, that was actually something I noticed while I was uh, while I was reading it. And, and uh, when you when you just sent me the uh, the the later version with the, with the <laughs> pictures Im- embedded in it, like it. it it clicked a lot more because when I was reading it the yeah. first time, I was like, "This is really awesome," and uh, a lot of it, not not directly like I I didn't think of it as a fiasco clone, but it had that that same feeling where you're yes. you know coming up with with relationships and and the yeah. whole table is kind of coming up with all of these right. uh, all of these things very co- collaboratively. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, which which is which is great, and I was like, uh, when when I first read it, I was like, "You could just do this with." With index cards, right? Like yeah, yeah. it would, it's 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 totally doable. Yes, but you're you're totally right. Having having that like one big map that everybody is has has written everything on, and especially mm-hmm. since uh, you you included the procedure for how to how to break it up, mm. uh, it it's it's going to make it uh, at least I would I would imagine something that other people who have also played the game could follow like they could yeah. they could look at it and be like oh well you know where the the beginning of the map yeah. is like the 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 play document kind of gives you the rosetta stone to 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 translate other people's that's uh, right yeah, yeah in a perfect yeah in a perfect world that's right and and there's definitely there's definitely um dna from uh, from from fiasco fiasco and i like to think that there's um this, there are some some ideas of of my own along the way, and I think that um, many of those ideas um, that are that are in there are also ones that I took from from Faith um, all those years ago. Because I know that every time I did that, um, that I played Faith initially, like we'd always have a picture of the town with stuff on it and pictures and and little notes and so forth. And I, and and, and um, so I kind of wanted to codify that a little bit so that so that it would look like a thing that was recognisable. And it's surprising. The, the 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 pictures that I've got back, how you know, like how you can sort of follow along with uh, follow along with what's happening and and sort of get a feeling for for what happened during the game, um, uh, even if you didn't even if you didn't play it. So in that way, it was good. It's good as a play test. Uh, it was a useful thing to come out of play test as well. So you could see the game to understand what had happened, but also you can see perhaps where things didn't quite quite go as planned. But um, 
Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So you, um, yeah, you start off with this thing, and then, and then you sort of talk a little bit about your characters, and then there's room for sort of fleshing out what happened at any given thing. And at the end, you sort of summarise the whole bit, like you have a. Um, well, I won't, I won't give the uh, the game away what happens at the end, but um, there's a little thing at the end which sort of ties the whole the whole thing in together, and 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 from the feedback that I've got. Um, and a lot of respects helps to um, sort of decompress some of the some of the things that that go on in the game. Um, in as much as it, um, you can uh, by by resu- reducing it to the to the the last little bit of the game, um, it helps to understate a lot of the things and give a little bit of distance, I guess, between between what actually happened and and how you're going about presenting this this information. But um, but yeah, I don't. I think uh, yeah, I think that people should be able to follow it. Like like you said, the pictures make a big difference. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what goes on? So so, uh, but your playtests have been going going well with it. Yeah, I've, all of the playtests that I've that I've received back have uh, been very positive. I've had people play it with three people, play or play it with four people, and I had a group where six people played it, and it took them about four hours to finish. So, um, oh, that's I think, not bad. I think yeah yeah this was well, yeah that's right um, and there's 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 options in it too um, depending on if you want to role play something or if you want to um, or if you just kind of want to narrate it you know those those possibilities are in there and also um, there's no specific set time that that it takes by my reckoning it takes about half an hour plus half to three quarters of an hour per person some something like something like that so you know two and a half hours three hours i guess if you've got three three people um so the guys that played with with six people really must have blasted through a lot of aspects of it and there are a lot of a lot of bits all over the uh, bit of a lot of you know like events and stuff all over the the paper and links and so forth and and i think probably um the number of elements and links and so forth that are on there which are all just sort of like jargon from the game but represent things that happen and and then reasons why they've happened um I think that uh, you know the story's going to gravitate more towards the some than to others, um, but that's okay. Yeah, um, I no. think that having I think that that I'm a firm believer in the fact that even if you don't end up using something during the game, it it it's done something inside your head to the way you perceive what's going on. I think all of it all of it's useful. Um, all of it's useful in the end. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. So the so the goal. So the, the big picture is if. If on the open play test goes uh, goes well and people are into it, then uh, eventually what I'll do is I'll I'll probably do a a tiny little Kickstarter maybe or or maybe not even at all um, to get some artwork done up for it and I'll I'll uh, print out some books. I've got a few, little bit of uh, I've got a little bit of artwork back from the from uh, the guy Vin Ganapathy who did the um, did the artwork in Victoria. He drew some cool pictures for me, but I haven't, I haven't released those. Um, and but I'd like to be able to pay him what he what he should be paid, I guess, for <laughs> uh, for the for the artwork that he does. Um, right. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's that in a nutshell. You can go to call, write Daniel at hazardgaming.com if you want to get a get your hands on a on a playtest document and uh, and see what's and see what's what. So uh, um, so are you planning on on releasing? Both uh, uh, Dos Sun and Rod and Nimbus yes. in the same. Yes, like, as I, think, I think so. My, my, in, in, in my head, what happens is uh, 
I put it together, but I have one of them upside down. So like when you hold the book in one hand, it's dissonorated. You turn it over, it's, it's nimbus on the other side, kind of like a book coming from two different uh, different directions, if you see what I mean. Oh, yeah, that would that would actually be really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, I was I was gonna say I I don't want to I don't want to give too much away, but I know that you and I have been talking about uh, about doing a project and yes. and have you have you thought about using the same kind of setup for that project too? I had, no, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about it because I know that we were talking about incorporating elements and cards and so forth. So so yeah, I mean that's yeah that's uh, that occurred to me as being something that was was mm-hmm. worthwhile pursuing as well. But I don't. Yeah, yeah. I have. I hadn't really thought about it. I hadn't really thought about it. Like I'm, I'm turning it over in my head as we speak. That's that's something that's like has a. Uh, that's um. Yeah, that's. Yeah, good. That's a good idea. I'll have to think about that yeah. now. See, um, and if you and if you did that, then you can stick that one in the middle of the book. Yes, but that's but right. do it in a, right. in a yeah, in use a, a use it exactly. Yeah, use it as a um. Use it as a as a template for other things. That's a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. You're full of good ideas, Sean. I, some, sometimes, sometimes I'm on it. Uh, some, <laughs> You're sometimes, on it. <laughs> sometimes I worked way too ridiculously hard the previous oh. week. Yeah. <laughs> right. My brain is fried. That's uh, right. <clears throat> so what, what's going on in, uh, in your neck of the woods with uh, with uh, tor- your torchbearer game and, and all that type of stuff? Uh, Anything you've heard in the from the from the field of role playing? Oh the- man, uh, honestly, like. Uh, I have this this past week. I have not been able to make any of my games. Right. Uh, I've I've been absent, uh, which is sad because one of them I've I was I was running. Uh, so. What happens so, sometimes? Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. It, you know, things are things have always, you know, they they've just kind of been up in the air. Right. Uh, we had a really busy time since we have a. Uh, I, I, like a level four drought. It sounds like it's a D and D character, but trust <laughs> yeah. me, it's not. Uh, or if it is, it's like the worst character class ever. Right. Uh, I would much rather be a fourth level wizard than a fourth level drought. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, it's just made things made made things incredibly busy. So yeah. it's been hard to uh, to maintain that. Um, That's right. Yeah. I I do Take know bills. that. Take Trump's uh, having fun. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, I know the Evil Hat's been putting out some cool stuff. Uh, Dresden Files LARP, which I haven't yep. gotten a chance to look at yet. Uh, right. And I'm not really a LARP guy, hmm. uh, but that seems cool. Uh, yep. And I, th- I think the people that are into the Dresden Files will really, really dig that. Yeah, uh, I've been kind of, kind of thinking about what I want to do at Big Bad Con this year, mm-hmm. and I might actually run Fate, which is weird because it is not a game that I'm typically good at but well, well, i wouldn't know about that but uh but yeah i can see how it's not as it's a little more freeform than perhaps your general ballywick uh you know it's 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 not so much that uh it's that uh, fate takes a different like it's one of those things and they they say this in fate core it's it's a a settingless system but it's not a generic system like all fate games will feel like fate games right right uh, because they revolve around things happening to characters because they are exceptional people in some way. Right. Sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm generally more interested in games where 
things happen to people because they do exceptional things, not because they are exceptional in sure. and of themselves. Yeah. All right, sure. Yeah. Uh, which, which seems like a, a really stupid, uh, you know, distinction. But no, I, mean, I think you're absolutely right. right. No, 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 I think that's. I think that's. A, I think it's a, a very valid. I think it's very valid because I mean it. It's um. In one in one respect, you know, like you're the center of the universe, um, and in the second respect, you're just a part of this big moving universe, which um, which you just happen at this at at some crucial point to have become intimately involved with the cogs of right, but right, but which will almost certainly crush you beyond beyond all recognition <laughs> with the with the weight of its importance, right? Like it's yeah, exactly. It's like one is one is um, one is world. Uh, world events centric, and one of them is is pers is like personal events centric, right? Like that's the that's the distinction. I'm with you on that one. Like I'm I'm much more uh, I tend to play games where things are happening and the players might get involved rather than the players happen and and things get involved with them. Right, right. Uh, but uh, I I have made the mistake of of watching Big Trouble in Little China multiple times. Uh, <laughs> In the it's last few, what's that? That's not a mistake. That's a prudent use of your time. Uh, you know what? I, I, number one, it is one of my favorite movies. But, but beyond that, I will maintain that it is a significantly deeper movie than people give it credit for. Uh, <laughs> We've talked, what episode we talked about that? Didn't we? What was that called? Uh, was it called the episode called Big Trouble or something? I can't remember it, what it was called. Quite possibly. Quite. Yeah. Quite possibly. Anyway, you can, uh, uh, you can, if you dredge back through our uh, through our episodes, I'll try and find out what it's called. Keep talking. I'm going to take a look and see if I can find what it's called. Yeah. So, so I've been, I've been, uh, I've been thinking about about running a, not not a clone of Big Trouble in Little China, uh, but something with that same sort of feel. Right. Uh, and and fate seems like it would be uh, a very mm. good fit for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, sure. I, I'm I'm just not entirely sure that. That the idea of a diffuse protagonist in a in a in a role playing game will actually work, right? Uh, so I'm probably not going to go for that. But you know, it was just it's just so good. It's I was so gonna, good. I, was I think you've got everybody going now. No, I couldn't find it. Um, but you got everybody going now. You got to give at least give it a shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so people are yeah. buying the online buying the tickets right now. <laughs> I hope people are online buying their tickets. For for Big Bad Con. Let's go to Big Bad Con so I can be in Sean's game about Big Trouble in Little China. That's right. Let's, let's watch Sean annihilate fate. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's really uh, I haven't been been paying that close attention uh, to things. I know that there's a uh, Apocalypse World Dark Ages in play test from Vincent Baker, right. uh, which. You know, that's kind of one of those things where you're like, awesome, Vincent Baker's coming out with a new game, and then you realize that it's going to be good because Vincent Baker's coming out with a new game. Right, right. Like, it's it, it almost can't be bad. That's uh, right. I mean, and I can certainly see why it would be Dark Ages, right? Because that, that feudal society is very similar to, you know, what's portrayed in um, in uh, Apocalypse World, right? And then the just, like, most of my, fav my favorite book, probably is Pillars of the Earth, where I've already talked about it before, but, you know, just that whole feudal England sort of feel is very evocative of the types of problems that um, crop up in uh, Apocalypse World, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that there's, like, something I can get my sweaty hands on it sooner rather than later. Uh, right. Because there is, uh, 
there's a series of books by a guy named Bernard Cornwell. Uh, okay. And I can't remember what he titled the, the series, uh, but it is, it's effectively a, uh, it's the Arthurian legend as if it were historically accurate. Right. It's not pretending that these are actually things that actually happened, right. uh, but it is, you know, what if, what if King Arthur was actually a, a person, you know, right. in that time period, what would things look like? And right. there was a lot of, of very cool, uh, you know, dealings with, uh, with the Saxons and, uh, you know, you, you never, they, they never fully explained like is, is Merlin actually like? Does he actually have power, or is it just right. that he's incredibly charismatic? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, has that like kind of kind of tribal shamanistic like pull? Right. Right. Uh, you know, as as an important person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's 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 very cool, and it was one of those things that sort of st stuck with me. Uh, as something that would be interesting to explore, but who really right. wants to play? Right. Like, right pre like almost pre-medieval that's right you know wizards are all like crazy guys with mud in their hair right right <laughs> so what you're saying is han then yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> nobody wants to play han yeah, yeah. um <laughs> is it so, is that uh, a thing i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> and uh and just before we go here the last thing last little snippet i've got is uh did you have you seen the uh mage 20th edition stuff I've... on kickstarter I have n I have not seen it myself. I knew it was coming. Um, you know, I obliterated the goal within the first day. Oh, that like, does not surprise me. The goal was some amount, and they got two or three times that amount straight off. I can't remember exactly what the particulars of it are, but I'm pretty excited to see. However, one thing that, that I, maybe I misread it, and uh, if anybody from Mage Kickstarter wants to come on and tell me how wrong I am, then uh, DanLadderHasGaming.com. Um uh, it looks like the, you can, unless you want to part with large quantities of cash, um, you can only get a PDF. Oh, really? They don't have like a, a mid-range, like, oh, here's just the regular book. No, I think that I think to get an actual book in your hands is a hundred dollars as a minimum. Oh God, God, people are complaining about. Gonna, in the interests of uh, accurate journalism, I'm going to look at the Kickstarter Mage right now, and uh, you can look too because I'm you're better at extracting details from stuff um faster than i am uh so let's see here um so yeah so they had uh yeah so that came out um last last week week before not long ago anyway um and okay so it's got 16 days to go so it had um so it must have been yeah last the week before last week um and they've got 2454 backers um, their original goal was seventy thousand dollars, and they've got three hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars so oh, far. My gosh, that is ridiculous. Yeah, so they've they've really crushed they've really crushed it. But anyway, um, so thirty-five dollars you can get the PDF, um, and you get some art. And let me just go here. Uh... Yeah, at twenty you get fiction. At thirty you get. Um... Yeah, 75, you still don't get a book. No, 35. 35, uh, you get a PDF. Yeah. Um, uh, PDFs. Um, oh, no, so no, $100 doesn't even do it. Uh, 
copy uh, um, you can get a print on demand as close to cost as we can do it one one thirty five looks like you receive uh, you will receive a copy of the deluxe mage twentieth anniversary edition uh yeah okay there you go so one hundred thirty five dollars well played uh, yeah I can't I yeah. can't I can't. I don't know. I'm not coming off of $135 to get my hands on an actual book. I will. I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll come right out and say it. When when Tenra Bancho Zero was doing its Kickstarter, I paid 118 bucks mm-hmm. for that, uh, which was way more than I probably should have paid for anything. Uh, <laughs> but it is a number one, a fantastic game. Uh, right. And I was like, at that level, I was paying for dice that were all in Japanese and like a whole bunch of goodies, plus two like very gorgeously laid out mm. books in a, in a nice slipcover. Like it was, uh, right. I, I don't, I, I don't regret having spent the money that I that I spent on no. on sure. that at all. Uh, right. But man, I, I I feel like I got a lot. For eighteen dollars, oh, yeah, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, not 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 the least of which was literally two books, uh, yeah. one of which was four hundred pages by itself. Uh, right, so, right. You know, got close to seven hundred pages a book for for that much. Yes. I I don't I don't see a page count on here. Uh, no. And and I you know I don't doubt that it is a large book. Uh, yeah, but even yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it seems like, I mean, I guess that's the way it goes. But I mean, I guess it's, all, it's probably going to be all color art and stuff like that as well. I mean, I don't doubt you're going to get some book for your money, but you've got to you've got to have some money, right? Like that's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the at the add-on section, right? Mm. Like how much how much it costs to 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 get additional things, and you're looking at 125 bucks yeah. for an extra book. Yes. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't justify that. But then no. I was not enough of a fan of that game. Like, yeah, I, like, I really like it, but I don't, I just still don't, um, yeah, I still don't see, um, yeah, I still, I can't imagine spending that much money on it. Yeah, there's there, there's a point when you have to you have to question, you know, is is this too much money for for this product, or is this yeah. product just not for me? Yeah, uh, that's like... right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, product, this product is definitely for me, but um, but yeah, I will not be I will not be spending 125 dollars on a. On I, a I couldn't spend 35 bucks on a PDF. Mm. Like I I, no. I won't lie. Like I I will spend. I have spent way more than I probably should on games. Mm. Uh, but I don't think I've ever paid thirty-five bucks for for a PDF. Yeah. I mean, I paid forty bucks for all of Vincent Baker's games. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, um, I hear. Yeah, it's it's a lot for a lot for a PDF. Um, well, and and you look at something like Fate Core, where you pay ten bucks. Like, <laughs> if you paid ten bucks on their Kickstarter, yeah. you've got PDFs of everything that they were coming out with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, you know, that was kind of part of that Kickstarter. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that is coming out that I will not, you know, aren't included in that. Yes. But, you know, that that's a huge, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I just, and it's, 
I haven't really like delved into any of the the 20th edition or 20th anniversary stuff. Mm. And this is probably getting off, you know, off topic, but like I don't know if they've updated the actual rules. Like are I they using the about it. Um cuz I in my in my head and in any games I run for uh mage I don't have um like I don't have any mention or I don't pay any attention to the uh, sort of the end of days type stuff there was for all of the for all the lines like I don't like as far as I'm concerned the traditional the tradition war is is still being waged um, and right. that's the way I like it um, there's no hardening of the umbra or of the gauntlet sorry any of that type of stuff going on so I don't so that's so I don't even know where I don't even know where they they stand on that. Um, yeah, but I just mean like the original World of Darkness rule set was not the best rule set. Like it, they they had a lot of good ideas, but they had a lot of good ideas couched in 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 a fairly mediocre like actual like when you look at the actual mechanics, like mm. moving target numbers and ones taking yeah. away successes and all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's overly complicated for yes. what it does. Uh, sure. Yeah, there was definitely some problematic mathematics with with that. Um, I I don't. Um, yeah, it's hard to know what I was thinking at the time because now, <laughs> we, now with the evolution of gaming the way it is, it's it's easier to look back and go, well, they could have done this or they could have done that. But was that is that just the benefit of hindsight or is that well? I, yeah, I th- I think I think there's you know you can't look at a Model T Ford. And be like, well, why didn't why didn't you just make a Tesla, right? Yeah, like right. That, yeah, yeah. that that yeah. wouldn't make any sense. But you know, these are these are products that are being released with the availability of having that additional knowledge. Like, I don't know mm. if they are going back. And- yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm 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 on board now for sure. Yeah, that uh, yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? Yeah, um, uh, and I and I and I don't know. Like, none of my sort of circle of gamers are. You know, in the crowd that are that are buying these, so I'm I'm kind of genuinely curious, uh, mm. because, you know, if if there was one that I would buy, it would be Wraith 20th edition, or yes. 20th anniversary edition, if yeah, they yeah. updated the rules, mm. to not yeah. be kind yeah. of terrible, yeah. uh, and and you know, let me do the 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 Wraith game with with a game that's actually like I right. feel is playable. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've talked to I've talked to a few people with the uh, with some inside um, with some inside lines on that sort of thing there, and it seems unlikely there'll be a, Mace, a Wraith twentieth edition. But oh, I'm sure there um, will be. <laughs> you never know. I mean, looking at how successful this Kickstarter was, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed their mind about that. Uh, that it would it would be nice. I'm still not sure that I'd pay. I paid five times over five times over like yeah it's, it's a little frustrating how successful i was blown away by how successful fate core was in terms of reaching these stretch goals but yeah but so i was i was floored when i the first couple of days i went there and was like holy look they just they just smashed so many thousand dollars in you know like in a couple of in a couple of days and they've got a couple of weeks to go and they've got 300 and whatever and it's not even and it's and it's not even a new game, right? Like it's a twentieth edition, like twenty years since first books could, came out. I was and, gonna say you could go on eBay and get it. Yeah. Like you totally could for probably like ten bucks. 
I, yeah. I've I've gotten ridiculous games off of eBay for not much yeah. money at all. No, it's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I, I've yeah, I've got most of the games there. Um, I think I got most of the books, or at least most of the books that I want. I still look for um, if from time to time I still look for Destiny's price, um, which I had way back in uh, when I lived in New Zealand before I moved here and some things just ended up not coming I can't remember what my rationale was at the time but I'm looking back now thinking what a, why would you not bring that as opposed to a pair of pants but anyway um, yeah, yeah, so I bought pants instead of uh, <laughs> instead of books but yeah Destiny's Price is a book that I desperately like to get my hands on again and every once in a while I take a look for it but I haven't had much uh, haven't had much much luck Destiny's Price the um, the uh, the source book rather than the fiction because i think that i'm pretty sure the fiction is called destiny's price as well or maybe i'm wrong maybe i've got my name in my book wrong but anyway maybe that's why i can't find it um but uh but yeah it's sort of like the like because do you remember they had like white wolf and black dog yes like their adult imprint was called black dog and yeah that um i think that the um houses of the shower um which is the one the wraith book for um, concentration camps right. was, was Black Dog, and I, I guess his price was Black Dog, and I think um, there was a I th- was Book of the Worm Black Dog. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was. There was also like uh, was oh, Clam- Giovanni, the Giovanni Chronicles for Vampire were definitely Black Dog too. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was there was one of the Vampires Dark Ages uh, clan books that right. was. Very disturbing, and I think it was the I think it was the Bailey clan book. I can't remember. Right. That was that was right. Black Dog. Right. Uh, you, you know, uh, <laughs> here here we here we go going off on a tangent. So I've been I've been uh, I'm a big fan of a a podcast called Hardcore History. Right. Uh, by, yes, yeah, I've heard of Hardcore History, but I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I would I would recommend it. They're uh, the the long right so long like a beat like you do a lot of driving around and stuff but but oh yeah um I mean I do a lot of driving around but I don't do anywhere near the same amount of driving around as you and I'm like if I listen to one of these while I drive to work and back I'd have no time for the other five podcasts that I listen oh, to and oh, I never... yeah. yeah you you've got to you've got to set aside some time yeah time to listen to them uh but uh there so so he's doing uh a series on World War One right. Uh, and, and he started, you know, with uh, with the assassination of, of uh, Franz Ferdinand, right? Uh, and and like by the second episode, which is like three and a half hours long, yes, uh, they you've you've gotten up to uh, when uh, when the British Expeditionary Force breaks through the the insane German line and. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and von Mulke basically has has lost the war before it started, but right. you've still got you know however many years of fighting to go, right. even though they've already lost. Yeah, uh, so, but it's it is it is a fascinating like it's incredibly well done and well researched, mm. uh, and it's and it's fascinating because they you know the the narrative that. Uh, that Dan Carlin spins about these things mm. is uh, it, it, it takes a, a subject that in a history book would be incredibly dry yes. and, and really like really yeah. does a good job of, of sort right, of yeah. bringing it to life. Uh, but, but that reminded me that he produces so many hours. Um, well researched. It must be all he does. 
for Joel. Uh, yeah, he he does he does that one and and a and a politics podcast, and that's it. Right. Uh, like he used to be a a professional journalist and right. and gave that up to to do podcasts, uh, which is fine because Hardcore History is an amazing amazing show. Uh, but what I was getting to was because I listened to that, I started remembering that uh, the big source book for Wraith was Wraith the Great War. Right. Uh, so now I'm like, oh man, World War One Wraith, that would be so great. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. yeah great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Great story. I'll be, oh, be horrible. Yeah. Um, it would be horrible. It would be horrible. Depressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just so it's such a rich vein of sadness available with uh, with the games you could play with Wraith, but for sure, yeah. We should what we should do, Sean, is we should actually um, between us get a uh, get an online Wraith game. Ah, uh, yes, we should do that. We should do that and make everybody sad. Oh yeah, like in one hand, I'm like that'd be really cool to play that, but in the other hand, I'm like. Man. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's uh, not it's yeah, it's going to be a sad. <laughs> yeah, but it would be so cool. We should, we should, but yeah, it's we should do it just as an experiment to see if the if the game like if it if yeah. it holds up if it can if it can yeah. do. Well, the thing is, we'd need to try and find somebody else to play. Yeah, oh yeah. Actually, be like, let's do this. Yeah, I'm sure that there are people that exist. I mean, I'm oh, sure there are people that are watching sure this show right now that would be like, I would play that. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'm like, but I don't know if I really want to do that <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's, it's it's science, Daniel. Science. Yeah, yeah, that's right, it's right, like, yeah. Yeah, but there's so, there's so much, um, so much riding on, I guess, on the personalities in the game as well, right? Like, that's the, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's not just the characters, right? You can't, it's not like football. Where you can, everybody can knows what the rules are. They come along and maybe I play a little bit different, but you're still playing the same game, right? Like with a game like, with a game like, well, most of the, well, role playing in general, I guess, everybody's takes on is different, right? Everybody's level of of seriousness is different, and that can it changes the changes the complexion of it. Sean basically is what I'm saying. Yeah, is uh, it's uh, it's always an unknown. It's always an unknown. Right in the very in the early episodes of uh, of Penny Red, I talked about it a lot with guests. It's kind of like Role playing is uh, like a is like a relationship in uh, in many ways, um, except that um, like once you get you find yourself in a game with people, you like how do you break up with people at the at a role playing <laughs> table? Uh, yeah, so, you that, know, like, that is... it's not you, it's me, but really yeah. it's you. But you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's like it's like a polygamous or a polyamorous or whatever. <laughs> I mean, polyamorous is like Greek and Latin mixed up together. Um, but is uh, is like you know, how do you break up with four people at a time? Like, is it how do you who gets who in the in the divorce? Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I don't think we've solved anything here today, Sean. No, I no, think, we've. we've... Um, we, we've done nothing but create more problems. Like now people are like, great, I want to play this game, but I have to play a Nazi. And now yeah. they're talking about playing the world's most depressing game with terrible rules. That's right, exactly. Exactly, the world's most depressing game with terrible rules. That will not be the episode title <laughs> of this. <laughs> well, yeah. My game, is not, my game is not entirely depressing, and the rules are few and far yeah. between. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, there you go. So... Uh, 
that's it from me this week. And from me. And until next week, keep talking the walk. Thank you.